going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 72 of the RXP podcast, the podcast where three working professionals talk all about their love of movies, TV shows, and video games. Today, my name is Matt, and I am, of course, joined by Alex. God of War Ragnarok is a great game. Ooh, yes, it is. Well, at least the part that I play, at least. And Tiffany. You know what? That little that little indie game, God of War Ragnarok, is pretty good. I think I agree with that. Yeah, like I think I think Sony Santa Monica might make it. Like yeah. I think that the overlords of Sony might look down on their small small studio and and think, hey, you know, let's keep them around. Yeah, let's keep them around. At least put them in the indie category, you know, for game awards and everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe they you get know- get a couple wins there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of indie games and speaking of game awards, today is all about the 2022 Game Awards presented by Jeff Keighley and I'm guessing his gang of people game awardi- that do it. Game Awarders, yeah, you know. Game Awarders, <laughs> yes. We are educated, I promise. <laughs> so all those Game Awarders came up with a bunch of categories and a bunch of nominees that were nominated by, I believe, media yeah, their peers Maybe? and stuff. Yeah. Okay, peers, media. Did we nominate these like people just in general? No, I yeah. think it was just media. Yeah, nominees are, and... are only the yeah journalists and media, and then voting is both media and fans. Gotcha, gotcha. So we are going to run through twelve different categories. The three of us. Categories that we actually care about. So sorry to esports anything. We probably won't be talking about you this entire episode except for right now. Um, this is going to be our prediction podcast. So we are going to try our best to get into the mind of the people. Be one with the people and figure out who is going to win the game. And maybe who we want to win the game. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to see who gets it. And I think last year we tried... To come back to it, I don't know if we ever figured out who was the winner. I don't think so, right, guys? No, I don't I, think I, so. I don't think we never did a recap. We just kind of moved yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to. We're all winners. We're going. No, we're going to come back. We're going to come back to this, and at least uh, maybe maybe in an episode when we were talking about like uh, uh, what's that one game that we're playing? We just talked about Tiffany. God of War Ragnarok. No, not that game. Sorry. I probably should have said it, said it better. Fantasy yeah. Critic. Oh, Basically. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fantasy Critic. Yeah, when we come back to talk about God of War Ragnarok, we'll talk about <laughs> No, when we talk about uh, Fantasy, Fantasy Critic, Critic, maybe we will just see who wins the prediction podcast. Yeah, that, that okay. could be um, a, a mashup. Yeah. It could be. It could that'd be. be fun. I mean, I'm in the lead right now, so spoiler alert, but that probably won't yeah. last very long. We'll see. There's still a lot I more games about coming this. out. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you're going to see it. You can uh, follow us on FantasyCritic.Games and look for RXP Podcast if you want to look at our league standings. Yeah, please do. Excellent. It's fun. Excellent plug. The great thing about Fantasy Critic is that no matter what, I'm still going to be on the podium. Like, I, I still will get a bronze medal no That's matter true. what. Like. Unless someone from the community joins in and becomes a fourth <laughs> member next year, like I will 100% get bronze again next year. It's great. Uh, but enough about that. We're going to jump right in. And the first category that we're going to talk through is best adaptation. So this is looking at a video game franchise that
that has been adapted to movie, TV shows. Those nominees are Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted the Movie. Alex, looking at this list, how many of these have you watched? So I, I want to start this off, which is, this is a great category to start with, because I think this is the only category we're going to talk about today where I've actually experienced every nominee. Excellent. So awesome. I went ahead and recently I watched the first two episodes of the Cuphead show. You know, it's they're typically shorter episodes. They're more cartoon style. So 10 to 12 minutes per episode. So I was able mm-hmm. to you know, spare a half hour for that. And I watched the first two episodes of uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, so that's mm-hmm. kind of my foray into that. And then I've completely watched Uncharted, Sonic the Hedgehog two, and Arcane. So I feel like I'm most qualified to talk about this category out of any category today. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say, you know, in my heart, and what I'm gonna predict. So I, I want to give every every one of these a shout out, but I'm just gonna start <laughs> off with it. It's gonna be Arcane. <laughs> This okay. yes. out, of, out of these nominees, this Hundo is obviously P. the best adaptation, mostly because I think it does the great job of both translating what fans of the game might know of the characters, you know, stuff like Jinx, Caitlyn, Vi, Jace, and representing their abilities in the show, but also just creating a show that anyone can watch, even if you don't play the game. And I think that's the biggest draw because... I would never recommend League of Legends to anyone to play, but I think the show itself is so amazing. And also, what a great art style, right? Like, this is very unique. I haven't watched anything like it. Uh, And it just gives it some extra personality. But the thing is, on top of that, equally as unique, Cyberpunk Edgerunners and The Cuphead Show, both of these amazing visuals, you know, for The Cuphead Show, right? Mm -hmm, It's, mm -hmm. you know, reproducing what the game looks like. So it's like a combination of hand-drawn animation and 3D elements looks really good. Same thing with Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It's uh, Studio Trigger who's done anime such as Kill a Kill and Darling in the Franks. You know, also very striking art style. So it's like very entertaining to watch. The thing is, I would say these don't really make it because I don't think they do a great job in translating the games to the show. Like these are great shows by themselves, but mm-hmm. I don't think they do, they don't take the step enough to say you'll probably want to play the game just based off the show. Cause I think they're so different in the stories they're telling, uh, especially with Cuphead, because I know, right, Matt Cuphead and Mugman don't talk, right? They know they don't have voices in the game. No, it's, it's usually just subtitles. Right. And they have yeah. voices in the show and it's kind of, it's weird to me to, you know, grasp and understand their personalities because they really mm-hmm. don't have any in the game besides their, you know, you know emotive gestures yeah visuals um so kind of them applying what to me sounds like a new york accent to both of them is very strange um and then also for cyberpunk i mean i don't know if there's a uh english dub but i'm watching in japanese and so it's kind of strange to play this game in jap or watch the anime in japanese while the game's all in english but uh you know, it's a good show, just doesn't do the translation well. And just to shout out Sonic and Uncharted, I think they're both good movies, and that's about it. You know, these are obviously <laughs> different properties, you know, compared to the games. And mm-hmm. uh, while they are good, you know, Jim Carrey, obviously, in Sonic the Hedgehog 2, great as Dr. Robotnik, and uh, Tom Holland as, 
the titular, you know, Nathan Drake and Uncharted, uh, not bad as well. But I think, you know, they're just fine. So Arcane is just by far the best. See, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is weird because Jim Carrey might be taking a leave indefinitely from acting. Like retiring. And so, so this might be <laughs> Jim Carrey's the last movie, which is wild to me. And I'd that say it's very fitting because the way they tease the end of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which is confirmed to be, you know, in production and coming out. I mean, not to say you don't need Robotnik, but they have a very obvious next villain to be present in the gotcha. movie. So I think he'll be, you know, easily uh, not supplanted, but, you know, I, mm-hmm. I will be okay with him not being uh, Robotnik anymore. Though I will miss him. See, so I think the interesting thing about Best Adaptation is that I think it's going to start to get even more interesting with the popularization of video game TV shows, which really has taken a foothold. Because honestly, video game movies, we had a whole episode about this, about how trash they are. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Uncharted kind of go off on the wrong foot. I've watched episodes of Arcane and the Cuphead show. And while Arcane did not hit with me at the time that I was watching it, it's been on my list of Netflix shows to go back to, you can't deny the zeitgeist that Arcane had. If you look at all of our videos on YouTube.com, RXP Podcast, come check us out. The, the one and only huge hit in our entire library was Arcane. And while I try not to take that personally, because it's like the only episode <laughs> I've never not been on, um... <laughs> So maybe it's just that they love the two of you together. But honestly, I think it's just because Arcane is huge. It's huge. And if Arcane doesn't win this, I will be shocked. So shocked. Tiffany, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, so for me, I've experienced Arcane and then Uncharted. I love League of Legends. I played a lot of it. I'm now very casual with the game. So it's kind of hit or miss for me. But I absolutely adored the adaptation it brought back characters that i really i really like it brought back care it brought characters that i didn't give any ish about and made me sympathetic she's talking about heimerdinger no i love heimer are you kidding me i love heimerdinger and so like i like basically when i whipped out the old mouse and keyboard to play the game again because I got so into it after watching Arcane. I did not choose like I got um rolled into like Victor and I didn't like choose to be like, nah, I don't want to play this guy. I was like, you know what? Let me play this guy. He's in Arcane. Let me let me re- let me remind myself what this gameplay is like. Uh but anyway, I I loved Arcane. I loved it so much. Um I really enjoyed our talk. Please do check out our peer review with that. Um, and as for Uncharted, I thought that was a good movie. Like I've never played Uncharted. It's always been on the kind of the backlist for me. Um, and I hear good things about that game. Like I know a bunch of people that really enjoyed that game as a franchise. Uh, but you know, Tom Holland as like a young Nathan Drake, like I just saw it as a kind of another action adventure film, like Indiana Jones light kind of thing. So I thought it was okay, but it didn't really grab me and you know it could be that it's because i don't have as much attachment but arcane was fantastic and so i think i hope the audience agrees that arcane is the best adaptation of 2022 excellent so we're all in agreement. arcane gonna grab best adaptation moving on 
No, do we oh, want to no. talk about snubs? One more. This is more of a joke snub. Do you do you have a snub? Okay. I don't. It obviously wouldn't replace anything, but I know some other categories have six nominees, so it could at least slot in as an additional nominee. What about the Halo show? Not that I've watched it personally, but I know that that's I, something. I feel that's like come that out. came and went, and no one talked about it. Which I think part of it was where did it release? Was it on Peacock? I think exactly. It was Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Yeah, yeah, see, no one has that. And that I feel like that's the thing. Like, if you look at all these things that are here, Cuphead Show, Netflix. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Netflix. Arcane, Netflix. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Uncharted, already on streaming devices now. I could watch it right now if I wanted to. So I feel like Paramount Plus, honestly, I think that's a huge reason why people have not been talking about Halo. And unless you're huge into Halo lore... You were going to like that anyway, but you're not going to bring people in like Arcane did, you know? Like, you guys are into League of Legends, but I had a ton of friends who are not even gamers that were talking to me about Arcane, which was surprising. Yeah, but also, I want to say that the reception for Halo was very lukewarm at best, because honestly, people will, if they want to watch it, they'll get you know if they hear word of mouth that it's fantastic people will sign yeah. up i mean alex and i do not have a subscription to hbo max uh last of us is going to come to hbo max in january guess who's mm-hmm. signing up for three months to watch Listen, that I, show i've got it i've got it this it's guy really, yeah yeah this that guy and i'm gonna use his login so there we are you know what Listen, i mean you guys can just move into my house i've got extra <laughs> you, you know <clears throat> you can move into my house and then we'll be a family and, <laughs> and then watch have... hbo max oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you'll find to- totally legal netflix totally legal yeah. you would no we're talking about hbo max house. alex we're talking yeah, about hbo yeah. max oh oh my bad <laughs> HBO max <laughs> you don't even care. know which yeah you know what, Matt? Oh, well. We'll take you up on that offer. It's when you host, you know, your Smash party. We're just gonna come here and smash and laugh. Oh, nice. We'll have the whole nice. day. It'll just be like eight episodes of Last of Us, and then we'll go. To Can't Smash. wait! Can't wait! All right, most anticipated game. These are huge games on the horizon: Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Newly announced uh, name of that game. And, you know, I'll go first, because honestly, there's two names on this list that stick out to me. Oh. Hogwarts Legacy and The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild 2, or now Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. I think these two are honestly in the front of my mind, and I want to go with Hogwarts Legacy so much that I think, you know, I'm going to. Whoa! And I think that's going to be weird, but... I think there's a lot of we've talked about in the past. Yep. There is stuff Drama. around Hogwarts Legacy that will take this away. But PlayStation has still done marketing. They have done views. Everything that comes out about Hogwarts Legacy. Looks so good. I have multiple friends of mine. Multiple yes. friends that are not even like super intense gamers going, dude. How do I play this? Like, do I need to get a PlayStation 5? Like, that, those are the conversations happening. Not happening to Legend of Zelda, honestly, which we haven't had as much happening with that. Um, so for me, I'm going to go Hogwarts Legacy. I'm just going to follow my heart here. And if it doesn't get it, oh, well. I'm looking forward to actually all five of these. So I'd be happy anyway. Oh, Tiffany, are you a oh. Resident Evil player? Resident Evil 4 is the only Resident Evil that I've played through. 
and I loved it. Oh, okay. Played it on the GameCube. He loves uh, smashing boulders, you, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The chainsaw. Loved it. Yeah, wow. So okay. Good. Honestly, Matt, my heart is joyous for your, you know, belief in Hogwarts Legacy. But honestly, I think the people want some Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's like, a good point. I think mm-hmm. that's here, here. what the people want. And I, I'm probably going to play this game if there are no other games surrounding it. I have pre-ordered Hogwarts Legacy, and I am counting down. No, I'm not. Okay, guys, I'm not actually counting on the days. But I did pre-order the version of Hogwarts Legacy that allows you to play two days early. Because I was like, take my money and let me play early. So I'm ready for it. I'm so excited for it. I honestly, it looks like a, such a good RPG to me. Like, I'm so excited to create my student and go through mm-hmm. the grounds, create my own little room of requirement, do all the things, do all the side quests. Like, I'm I'm so stoked for this game. I also, I'm excited about Final Fantasy 16. Recently saw, like, a new trailer kind of talking more about or showing off more of the characters. But my heart's with Hogwarts Legacy. And I'm going to just say, Matt, when you said two games kind of stood out to you for this, I thought you were going to go Starfield and Legend of Zelda. So... See, here's the thing. Starfield, they showed more of that game. Uh Uh-huh. And guess what? Many of us were like, eh. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Does this need to be put back into the oven? Like, do they... And, And now it's to the point of... Will they hit 2023? Maybe. Should they? Maybe not. Like, depending on how much they need in the oven. So I think if you took this a year ago, if Elden Ring wasn't a thing, because everybody was pumped about Elden Ring and won twice in a row for most anticipated game. Right. If you took that away, Starfield probably would have won last year. And because they've shown more and I don't like what they showed, I feel like Starfield's not going to happen for this. It's just a gut feeling. Okay. Alex, what are you thinking? I'm thinking uh, with my brain, it's going to be The Legend of Zelda. Because let's be honest here. People were just foaming at the mouth just for the name of this game. People were like, (laughs) just tell me the name. I don't even need to see the gameplay. They're just like, we want to know the name. And then the queen had to go and pass. And then Nintendo's (laughs) like, we can't even show the video in the UK because of the name. (laughs) So maybe Nintendo knew this was going to happen the whole time, and that's why they didn't reveal the name. Are you saying that Nintendo was involved in the death of the queen? No, no, no. For the record, no, I'm okay. saying they're they're like uh, seers. You know, they can see the future. There was no not implying yeah. any inclination that yeah, they just Nintendo the was norms. involved in that tragedy. And you know, then they Alex? picked the name Tears of the Kingdom, and they're like, you know who else has Tears of the Kingdom? England. Yeah. That's who else is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, obviously, so yeah, I think for the record, Zelda's going to win it. But my personal, my heart tells me Final Fantasy 16, you know, this is a game that's coming off of what Final Fantasy 15 tried to be. You know, Final Fantasy 15 walked where so that 16, 16 will can... run. Okay. And I think this will be the best Final Fantasy we've had in a while, you know, following. Excluding, you know, the critically acclaimed Final Fantasy fourteen, but compared to thirteen and all of its many, you know, sequel and its third installment as well as fifteen. Um, and also just the fact that it looks good. You know, this is a return mm-hmm. to fantasy Final Fantasy. It's not there, you know, there's not a lot of technology here. It's not and cyberpunky. 
Yeah, and also, oh, and no cars, right? We we don't have yeah. vehicles. We're not going on or a road trip. Or steampunky, yeah. No bros. Yeah, no bros. No bros. Well, bro, well, there's bros by honor, I guess, right? With the the main character and the the little boy. Boo. <laughs> but, we um, want cooking by a camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still haven't finished that game. <laughs> I know you haven't. <laughs> But uh, yeah, 16 looks like it's going to be a fun time. So I'm definitely excited. We're, we're getting another one, and I think it looks great. Hopefully it runs great because I know they've uh, talked about they're taking out, they're in the polishing phases. So I can only hope, you know, it comes out and it's bug free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys think there's any snubs for this category? You like personal snubs? Because mine's I, Hogwarts like. I think. You know, honestly, outside of this, just thinking about what I'm really looking forward to, uh-huh. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man 2. Like, I am okay. looking forward to... Yeah. If you just give me... You know, we, we're we going to talk a lot more about God of War Ragnarok, probably even in this show. If you give me just more of Spider-Man, it's going to be a great game, and I'm going to enjoy just swinging around. Yep. And so, honestly... That's one of my most anticipated games next year, if it does hit. Um, so I could easily add it to this list, but I'm happy with this list. I'm, I'm anticip- highly anticipating all of them. Yeah, it feels like they really dominated the ones that are f- almost for sure hitting next year. You know, minus Starfield, I guess, <laughs> speaking to Matt's <laughs> concerns. Uh, but I would say then for me, and I know it's very far out and it's not coming anytime soon, but Kingdom Hearts 4... You know, shouting out Square oh, yeah. Enix again. They announced it this year, obviously, or was it last year? I don't even remember anymore. But I know that game's not coming till 2025, so why would you put it on this list? But I feel like that that gets yeah. a shout out. And, you know, I'm there with Matt with Spider-Man 2, obviously. And also, uh, I want to see the next Mario game. And I know that's kind of, like, weird because they can't put something that says untitled like Mario entry, but mm-hmm. it's been so long since Odyssey, right? Odyssey and Breath of the Wild Great came out game. in the same year. Mm-hmm. And so now that Tears of the Kingdom's coming out next year, we have to be getting the next Mario, right? So I'm just waiting for that as well. Yeah. Honestly, my favorite game of the Switch, still Mario Odyssey. Easy. So talking about Switch perfect segue to best family game also known as best nintendo game (laughs) of the year they really Uh, do need to update this category i know it's so weird and honestly this is this is very strange to me like their whole definition is like games that you can play as as a family like with a family um and i feel like mario party won last year and it's like oh i want to be playing with that with my family like i would be killing my family like i would hate my family after (laughs) that um Nominees this year, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Sega Saga, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. Tiffany, as our Nintendo guru, what are you feeling? I like how you called me that, and I've played only one of these games this year. So Listen, you didn't need to disclose that. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. Yeah, so I played That's Kirby more and the Forgotten me. Land. Uh, that's true that is more than you actually and it's more than me (laughs) kirby and the forgotten land played it very much enjoyed it have not finished it but honestly like it was very joyous like i was playing it and having a great time 
Um, I do eventually want to finish it. It's something that, you know, you can come back to. I think part of the reason why I kind of delayed a bit is I kept trying to, like, complete the worlds before I moved on. And so when you get to that point where you're just like, oh, I'm missing one star and I have to go back, like, it's not fun. So I really should just go move forward, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I've also, like, dabbled with the idea. I was like, Alex, you want to co-op with me? And he's like, but I'm going to be a Waddle D and do nothing. And I'm like, well do you still want to play with me? So he's kind of on the fence with that. I do plan on eventually playing and purchasing Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga and Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Star Wars, the only reason why I didn't even grab this game on launch is really because of the fact that I have a backlog of Lego games. Alex and I, I forced Alex to play co-op with me with Lego. And we're in the midst of Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, which came out like, six years ago um but we're like trying to we try to do 100% runs on those so we're just kind of like we need to finish that one before we move on also not gonna lie you guys like these games like normally Nintendo is pretty much like a Disney brand where they really hold their their merchandise to high value and they rarely go on sale or anything but you know Lego Star Wars and Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope 100% 100% guaranteed they're at least going to get 50% off, you know, in the next, like, mm. year. So that's another reason why I kind of held off. Um, Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. I've heard so much good things. So this is where this is where I'm going to say I think that Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope is going to win. And to be honest, I think I want it to win. Um, I It sounds really fun. They, like, kind of changed up the gameplay mechanics like you're not really tied uh-huh. down to a grid and apparently the rabbits talk now but it's like people seem to enjoy it um so i i think mario and rabbit sparks of hope is gonna do it splatoon 2 i really like the aesthetic or sorry splatoon 3 i really like the aesthetic but i've just you know it's just another kind of shooter game for me and i'm, I'm not good mm-hmm. at those and switch sports it didn't seem like a lot of love and care went into that game that we sports did. So I kind of was like, eh. It didn't even come with golf. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, not even out yet. I don't think. But it's there. Alex, are you feeling Mario and Rabbids? Where do you, what's your pick? So yeah, as we mentioned before, I've not played any of these games. So very unqualified to speak on this category. But based on what I've seen, you know, I've seen gameplay of all these games. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a lot of the online rhetoric about these games. And it feels like to me, I think, you know, since I don't have a heart to place, and I'll just go with my mind on this one, Splatoon 3. I think really this is the game that has that combination of, you know, you can play it competitively if you want to. There's a deep competitive scene to the multiplayer that people get really serious about. And I feel like that that's great for those that want to pursue that angle. And then at the same time, there's even a single player campaign if you just want to play it casually and just go through that. Um, and also the concept is just very easy to grasp, right? It's shoot the enemy, but also just paint the territory your color. And I think that's something that's that's pretty fun about that, where it's you don't necessarily have to be, quote unquote, like killing your enemies, but also just prioritizing, hey, can I get my team's paint down, you know, cover most of the map and you can and that's how you win, right? It's not even a kill based thing. It's who has the more percentage of paint on the map. So I think Splatoon three is probably going to take it. Also, I heard it has the uh, biggest launch of any game in Japan. So I know Japan, or at least for the first week of sales. So I know Japan really likes it. Like, this is even more than Pokemon in Japan. Wow. So I'm like, 
I mean, Pokemon's not in this category this year to compete with it. So in that case, I, I feel like Splatoon 3 is going to take it. Which is actually something that I, I have a big beef about. I think Pokemon Legends Arceus should be in this category. 100%. And it's not. 100%. And I'm offended. I should write Keely a strongly worded letter. Yeah. Listen, Jeff. Why do you not spell your name normal? <laughs> One. Two. <laughs> why why is Arceus not here? Honestly, yeah. if Arceus was here, I would have picked Arceus. Same. Out of out of all of these. I my feeling, and this is from not playing any of these, but just from hearing people on podcast talk and just like hearing the overall rhetoric, I Kirby and the Forgotten Land really resonated with a lot of people. And I feel like beyond Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, like I think Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope probably reviewed super well. The last one did too. Yeah. But I think that when you think back on the unofficial Nintendo game of the year, like what is the Nintendo game that came out this year? I feel like people are just going to be like Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I just feel like that's going to be synonymous in their minds. So that's that's my guess. There's no rhyme or reason, honestly, to it. Um, but yeah. We'll also, see. I would like to correct my statement by blaming Jeff Keighley for the lack of Pokemon's Legend Arceus. I realize that I should be mailing out. You got to go full in. I need to do 100 letters at all these media outlets that snubbed Pokemon's Legends Arceus. So that's where I really need to put my efforts. You know, you might as well just like write a letter to your senator too like, yeah. while you're at it. <laughs> that's right. And just like go full in. Yeah, full, full Karen. In. Full Karen. That's right. That's right. So moving far, far away from Best Family Game is best role-playing game. We have Elden Ring, Live Alive, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Alex, which one? Which one speaks to you for best role-playing game of 2022? Man, this is such an interesting category because... It really is. Of it the, is. Of the games that were nominated for this, I'm like, wow, I guess the, the industry does have a wide variety of tastes. Um, so I've only played one of these, that being Elden Ring. And Elden Ring is a great role-playing game. But at the same time, while it does have great customization and progression, I feel like what I've seen and watched and heard about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is that that game is the pinnacle of that franchise much like Elden Ring is maybe considered the pinnacle of its, you know, developer from software. But I think, you know, at least for my taste in games, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has a lot more to it that while I haven't played it, I've seen a lot of it. And I think I can make the determination. I feel like that will win this category, albeit, you know, maybe people just say Elden Ring. But in my heart, I, I say Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Let's not forget. That back in 2018, maybe, when Dark Souls 3 came out. Dark Souls 3, one of my favorite role-playing games of all time, came out. It did not win. You know what it lost to? It lost to the DLC of The Witcher 3, which is arguably <laughs> a better role-playing game. But the DLC beat Dark Souls 3. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think Elden Ring, this is its year. If, if you... I can't imagine a year, a time when Elden Ring would not win best role playing game. Like this, the amount of builds that I've seen on TikTok or YouTube that they can make these builds 
I'm like, these people are playing a completely different game than what I was playing. Like, the amount of customization and just gameplay alone for Elden Ring is crazy to me. And, and someone who loves Soulsborne games, this is just peak, peak role-playing game. I think this is Elden Ring's year uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, minus a huge God of War that might stand in its way. Uh, but I, I think that for best role-playing game, I think that this is its category. Even though, honestly, I've heard fantastic things about all these things, except Triangle Strategy. I have not heard one single person talk about that game. But beyond that, I've heard great things. I have also only played one game, and here is my precious Pokemon Legends Arceus, but it's in this category to die. So I don't think it's getting nothing <laughs> out of this. And it's it makes me sad. Um, it's my personal, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it's my personal role-playing game of the year. Uh, but you know what, Matt? Your passion has really kind of, like, gone through the camera and the mic, and I think you swayed me. I think Elden Ring's gonna gonna win this. Originally, I was leaning Xenoblade 3, because to be honest, I was like, I think people are gonna be like, well, at least it can win this category. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's gonna, I think Elden Ring's gonna win it in here from the people. From the people, from the people. So, moving right along, best action slash adventure game, not to be confused with the next category, which is best action game. This is best action slash adventure game. We have A Plague Tale, Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. Um, I have played two of these games, I have plans to play a Plague Tale Requiem. I have not played the this version or um, the Horizon Forbidden West, though I've played parts at least of their uh, predecessors. Uh, Stray, I still have not played, um, and I guess maybe I should based on the rest of these noms later on in the show. Yeah, for um, real. <laughs> but I have played God of War Ragnarok and I have played Tunic, and honestly, I at this point I'm the like most naive to what God of War Ragnarok is this year. Like I've played maybe six to eight hours, maybe nine of God of War Ragnarok. But I tell I could tell you out of those eight hours, it is the best adventure game that I've played all year. Easy. And it's the best adventure game that I've played since God of War 2018. Like it it is just more of the same of like this is what I think of when I think of an adventure game. So I'm happy to hear your guys' thoughts because, you know, you guys have actually played a lot of the game. Tiffany, where are you leaning? Wait, so do you think that God of War Ragnarok is going to win this one? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Uh, I'm with you. I want to know, like, how did Stray get in this category? Like, I'm so convinced. Like, did, action- did you play Stray? I have yet to play Stray. I have. Has um- anyone played Stray? Nope, not yet. Nope. Oh, I, man. You okay. know, honestly, Matt, it's like I, I think I should have bought that game on launch. Cause then I would have been, I would have played it, and then I would have beaten it, and I would have moved on. But right now, it's just like in the mess of all these games coming yeah. out. Um, so I haven't played like literally. I've only played God of War Ragnarok. Tunic sounds really good. I've heard so many, so much good things about Tunic. Like a mm-hmm. lot of good things. P- people are telling me play it and pay full price because it deserves every penny. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dang, that is some high praise. Yeah, but look at I that think- cute little fox. But I think God of War Ragnarok is is it. I'm I'm audience. I'm shocked at how much I have enjoyed 
and am still enjoying God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I have put in about 23 hours into this game, and I've been living for the I've been living for the story. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm like tell me what happens, Atreus. Why are you being like this, boy? You know, like yeah. Boy. I'm just like oh my gosh. Like your father loves you, but I'm also like Kratos. Give him some space. You know, gotta let him live his life. It's got a War Ragnarok. Easy. Two for two. Alex? You don't even need to ask me the question. It's got a War Ragnarok, baby. That's there right. we go. <laughs> I, I'll say this. I I haven't played A Plague Tale or Tunic. I do intend on playing Stray, but I haven't played that yet either. I would like to give a shout out to Horizon Forbidden West because it is a great game as well. But I think for that, that story being an adventure, I think loses a lot in its design. So not to say I'm against open world games, but I feel like if Horizon had the benefit of how God of War is paced in terms of, you know, a little bit more linear, a little bit more kind of hub and spoke design, right? Where you're going back to a base camp, you know, maybe upgrading and then going in one direction again for your next uh, part of the story. I think maybe Horizon could have benefited from that. Even though I do love hunting, robotic animals in the wild like what's greater than coming up over a hill and seeing a giant mechanical alligator you know sunbathing on the beach side uh but yeah i just think that the open world does horizon a little bit of a disservice in that regard and so therefore you know ragnarok you know you think it's the end but it's just the beginning of this franchise right a new beginning there we have it three for three god of War ragnarok i thought for a second, you were going to pull a fast one since you paused a little bit and you were going to do Horizon Forbidden West, but... It was a uh, dramatic you, effect, you know? It, it, it worked. It worked for me. So moving on to best action game, we have Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Shredder's Revenge, I believe is what it's called, right? That's correct. Uh I did not write Shredder's Revenge in my notes, so that was more of a question mark. Um, Tiffany, out of these five, did you play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I I want what? to though. I want well, okay. well, I feel bad, but that's one of the games I'm kind of waiting for a sale on. You know what I mean? Got um, it. Got it got especially it. because well, did, was it on Game Pass, Matt? Or no? Uh, maybe. Oh, it okay. sounds like a game that would be perfect for Game Pass. Yeah, okay. Honestly. Well, I mean. First of all, I do want to play it, but I'm only going to be playing it if I have crew to play with, you know, because this type of game isn't really for me to play solo. I've played none of these games, so I feel weird um, talking about it, but I do feel like I sort of have a lay of the land, so I think Mm -hmm. that people are going to vote for Sifu. I think that's where it's at. People loved Sifu when it came out. Uh, the concept seems really cool. I could Mm -hmm. never play because I wouldn't be that good. I'd just be like... They have an easy mode now. I'd, well, I'd be like 99 and then dead. You know what I mean? Like 30 minutes in. So I, I think I think Sifu's I actually think that. you die at like 75. I think yeah. 75 is I like the like six. Yeah. See, I'm like a is. fake gamer. I don't even know. So that's can't even where, live that's, to 99. Classic. Yeah, I can't even lay, live to 99. So yeah, so I'm going to throw Maybe that's easy mode. You can live now to 99. Oh, 99. That's, the easy mode. that's it. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, these games look cool. I hear a lot of good things about all of them. So. Mm-hmm. Alex, where are you leaning? So I actually just uh, tried out Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's Warzone mode today. Ooh, nice. And which is, you know, free to play Battle Royale mode for Modern Warfare 2. And so I haven't played the game proper. Uh, 
and besides that, that's the most I've played of any of these games. Uh, but I would say even with that, from what I've heard, right, so all these are just opinions. A lot of these are just going to be opinions based on what I've seen online. I think it's going to be Bayonetta 3. You know, despite oh. kind of a lot of the blue going around with the voice actress for Bayonetta and kind of the problems with payment and whatnot, you know, we won't get into that here. Uh, but I think based on what I've seen, you know, this is when you think action, this is the most stylish you can get, right? Like Bayonetta, you know, Devil May Cry, things of these these types of games are you want to do cool moves while also listening to awesome music. And I feel like Bayonetta 3 just, you know, hits every nail on the head, right? She's got guns on her boots. She's wielding guns. She uses her hair as a weapon. It's got a modesty mode where if you're playing with the family, you can enable it. And when you do the hair moves, it covers up her body. So there's no, like, you know, sus-looking images on the screen while you're playing this. So... (laughs) Yeah, you know, this game is for everybody, including the kids that want to play something naughty in front of their parents. So I think it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, put this in best family game, you know? That's right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> best action game for me has to be Sifu. This is, honestly, I'll be talking about this at the end of the year. This will oh. 100% be there. So spoiler for all of you. Sifu is one of the most stylish games I have ever played. It has everything that is great about old school kung fu movies that I used to watch with my uncle. Like, this is it. This is it. One dude on a vendetta against a massive amount of people. Hand-to-hand combat. It is like an action movie. Everything is stylized to blocking or parrying or pushing people or, or picking up uh, a club off of the ground everything is perfectly stylized to where it looks like one fluid action sequence and to me if i'm thinking about best action game as in something that you could make in real a real life setting and make it into an action movie that's seafood to me like this is like born supremacy just like happening like the same moves it's it's awesome um and i would Honestly, for you all, if you're thinking about, hey, is there a smaller game that I could give a try before we do our top six? Give it a try. Because there is an easy mode, and I've heard that the, like they've done a lot to to make it a little bit easier for people that may not be interested in like super hard difficulties. It's just awesome. It, it's really, really fun. And a, a pretty good story, too. Pretty good story. So uh, I got to go with Sifu. Heart and my head. Excellent. So on to a pair of categories all about independent games but first we're going to be talking about best debut indie games for those studios that have just now released their first indie game we have neon white norco stray tunic and vampire survivors alex why don't you go first for us i think it's gonna be tunic uh plain and simple i mean i haven't played any of these games either but based on what i've seen in the reception also just looking at the game and what i've heard in terms of its design and also dif- apparent difficulty you know it being not the easiest mm-hmm. game to play uh, i think it's just it seems pretty incredible i mean it does a lot of things that are both risky with how it tries to tell you to play a game right with these weird you know 
I guess, uh, manual type pages you find in the game, but then at the same time, they're not in English. They have like a made up language, like in the world of the game that Mm -hmm. you kind of have to learn by just picking up a bunch of these pages and kind of, I guess, comparing what the pages are trying to tell you in combination with the images. And so I think, yeah, even with that, right, what you might think is a high barrier to entry to even just learning how to play this game, people seem to love it. And I think there's a lot to respect out of that to say, like, you can create something that's seemingly obtuse, but people can still learn how to play the game and beat it and not, like, complain to say, oh, this game's too hard, but it seems like it's just right. So... I really think it's Tunic because it has that nice balance of risk, but also uh, fun to play, at least. Yeah, Tunic definitely stands out for me. It's It was, what, like eight years in the making? It was something ridiculous. This one guy that just quit his job and just started developing this game, and he's been working on it for years and years and years, and I was on his listserv forever, waiting for a copy to try out. And I finally did a demo and then it finally came to Game Pass and I played it and I really enjoyed it. It's it's classic Legend of Zelda, but to me, picking with my head, I think it's gonna be Stray. Like wow. as much that Stray has been nominated, I think that it has made splashes and I just don't know if it's just a ton of cat people are here and like ready, but I think that if you're thinking about this list stray is a double a game that is the closest to triple a in my mind like it is it is that close and i think it's got the sony budget behind it you know it's got the sony umbrella but still being an independent game best debut i i kind of am going with stray i actually think it's going to tunic um yeah i've not played any of these games but i've heard so much I've heard so many good things about Stray and Tunic, so it kind of is hard for me to pick, but I, I, I think it's going to go Tunic. Okay. Well, this there is, we have it. This is just a classic fox versus cat argument. You know, what's cuter? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, sometimes foxes will eat cats. So, like, I don't know where that puts you. In you heard it category. here first. Tunic's, Tunic's going to take it. so moving on to best independent game just so just overall we have cult of the lamb neon white sifu stray and tunic this is a tough category for me because cult of the lamb i have this like weird love hate relationship with i think it did a lot of things great i think it was super buggy but it is an independent game and so should we really be weighing that so heavily? I think for me, I'm more disappointed in some of the snubs here than anything else. I'm like, where's Escape Academy? Because that yes. game to me was one of my favorite independent games this year. Um, where is Tinykin? You know, that's one of uh. my favorite indie games of the year. Um, but if we're just picking this stuff, like best independent game... I personally would go with Sifu because I enjoyed Sifu more, but I think that talking about the zeitgeist, Cult of the Lamb just took over when it came out. And I was part of that. Like all three of us were part of that. And we all platinumed it fairly quickly because it just like took over very, very, well, we'll say we all platinumed it. Um, We won't disclose who did it, but Cult of the (laughs) Lamb is my pick. So I actually haven't beat this game. 
I literally, there's, I'm literally the final boss. Like the four Tiffany. masters of the underworld I've beat, whatever. There's literally the final cave. Matt, I, I cannot tell you how buggy this game was for me. Like I put in like 40 plus hours Maybe, 40 maybe 50. I don't know. I put in a lot of hours into this game. I was thriving in this game. But the amount of times it crashed on me, how I got stuck in the wall, how, like, Oof. I couldn't kill a, a bad guy because the bad guy got stuck in the wall. Like, mm-hmm. it was insane how buggy it was. And I was, like, I just got frustrated at one point. Like, I couldn't progress. I basically had to wait for a mm. patch at one point. And then I got it in my head. I was like, I'm a, I'm a plot this game. I'm a freaking plot this game. And so then yeah. I started trying to go get, like, not get hit by the bosses. And then I was like struggling. And then I tried, like, I was not in a good place. Like, I basically was like, I can't plot this game. And so then I just like threw the controller gently on my charging station and then never played, <laughs> never finished it. Yep, that's kind of what happened. I mean, that was the most like aggressive start to a sentence. You're like, I threw my controller g- gently yeah. into the charging station. So it really didn't help that I ended up doing a lot of travel for work during the time that the game came out. So like, I was like, I was like, I need to get all the hours in that I can because I'm gonna be like away, you know? Because I decided to get on PlayStation. I didn't get on Switch. Which honestly, mm. I'm thankful that I got on PlayStation because I heard it was even buggier on the Oof. Switch. Yeah. So I think I think Cult of the Lamb's gonna win. Okay. I think I think it's gonna win this debut indie because you're right. It, there was a zeitgeist. The whole Twitch streaming thing sounded really cool. I named yeah. you know two of my first villager, not villager. What do they call cultists? Were named Matt and Alex. And then we died. Yeah. Yeah. Except Alex was res- I resurrected Alex because it was sad. And then now, but like now he like could never die. Matt, it was like the weirdest thing. I did eventually bring you back too. I eventually oh, brought you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, I'm I, glad I, you didn't like uh, harvest me into manure. Or something. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I was about to be like, masses. this is about to get real awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, oh, like, I kept you dead. Yeah. No. Nah, <laughs> I, I didn't even bury you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. There's just vomit piles all over your dead body. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I yeah, guess but, you could just leave the body there, right? Yeah, but then people would constantly yeah. be vomiting. Oh, that's one one small price to pay, you know. I literally was like, if it makes you sick, don't go there, Sally. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jesus. I like how they, like, went way around the corner. They would, like, vomit in, like, the weirdest place. I'd be like, where is this vomit at? And it's, like, some far-off corner. They've, like, designated that corner as the vomit corner. Yeah. Like, I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, Alex, are you into the Cult of the Lamb? It sounds like I'm at the point where I need to break this tie, and... In this case, you know, I have to side with the one who was dead, and that's Matt, and <laughs> I'm voting for Sifu. I think. Okay. <laughs> oh, I voted for Cult of the Lamb. We both voted oh, for Oh, you voted for? Oh, I thought you voted yeah. for Sifu. Oh. No, his heart voted for Sifu. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I'm I'm siding with your heart then, which is cold and dead. Um, <laughs> I think Sifu does a lot, as Matt mentioned, for best debut indie, and I still feel like it applies here for just best indie, where Slow Clap, you know, they did Absolver before this game. I know one of my good friends, he really loved it. You know, that was more of a, I would, you know, safe to say it's like a Souls-like martial art game Mm -hmm. where you would beat enemies in the field, and the enemies you beat, you would learn the moves that they knew. And so it was this kind of, like, cool 
move learning like hop like hopscotch style of like every time you beat someone new you would be able to learn like one of the techniques that they knew and sort of like you created your own style which is like this combination of techniques and i feel like they translated that martial arts fantasy very well into Seafood, right as matt mentioned with a great kind of story about vengeance or revenge and just great imagery right especially with all the bosses like being represented by different elements and so like seeing those transitions during the fights was really interesting and i think it just gives you that very kind of small scope yet great ambition and i think that's what i want to see in a good indie is that they're looking to push the boundaries within their budgetary constraints right within their talent and time constraints you know they don't have the backing of a triple-A publisher, you know, throwing millions of dollars at them to get this thing out the door. And so even though I do respect Holt of Lamb, I feel like, yeah, there's just one too many bugs for my liking, you know, that, that game went through a lot. And I thought that the combat loop got kind of overly repetitive even as you unlock new weapons. It was still kind of the typical hit, dodge, hit, dodge loop. Uh, and so, yeah, my vote's for Sifu on this one. All right. Moving on to... Now we're starting to get, like, the last four are pretty heavy hitters. Best art direction. We have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. Tiffany, where's your heart and your head telling you to vote? Honestly, okay, this is going to be, like, wild, right? This is, I think the uh-huh. audience is going to do it. I think they're going to choose Stray. Like, I, I think art direction is Stray. It's so... Matt's shaking his head at me. Um, I but hope not, but okay, go ahead. No, I think it's Stray. I think it has a very unique, like, you know, futuristic sci-fi look to it. The cat looks really good. The cat's going to cat. Like, it's doing its thing. The robots are there. The environments look pretty cool. This is all from, you know, footage of uh, reviews and YouTube and stuff. I think it's going to be Stray. I think that... The other, I mean, you know, Horizon Forbidden West, I think, is a pretty high contender for this, too. Again, with, like, the robot dinosaurs and all that stuff. But I think that this is a category. Like, I feel like Stray's in a lot of categories, and it probably won't win a lot, honestly. And I I kind of think it might win this one. It might surprise us, you know? I think it, it's going to be Stray. Oof. That would be wild. Alex, what do you think? I, I want to start off with some snubs. Because it's been a while since I mentioned this. I think two snubs here, you know, from Square Enix, Live Alive, and Triangle Strategy. And so I know Mm. a lot of people out there might Mm. not be the biggest fans of, you know, pixel pixel art. I know Tiffany herself isn't a fan of a lot of pixel art, albeit maybe she does enjoy the HT2D at least. And I feel like just the way that they've presented those games feels like a great modern take on pixel art you know it looks the lighting is great like visually they're able to add a lot of effects to it where despite there being 2d sprites at least the world looks a lot more lively right because of the lighting because of the visuals you can apply to it and so i feel like that those should have at least one of them you know whether it was live alive or triangle strategy got a nomination here um but besides that art direction I'm a sucker for landscapes, you know. Yes, you can have good character design, but I want to live I want to live in these worlds, right? When you play a game, 
I think it's the environment that means a lot more than the character itself. And in that case, you know, for me, it has to be Horizon Forbidden West. You know, this is a post post apocalyptic take on the Western United States, you know, Nevada, Arizona, California. And they just do a great job with kind of reimagining what these places would look like in a thousand years, you know, past, you know, with the rising tides, with, you know, increased droughts happening in the American Southwest. Like, it's such a inspiring look to say, oh, potentially this is what America might look like without humanity in a thousand years. And I think it's just something like great to look at, you know, being able to just stop playing and it's one of the few games where i just stood still and looked at the environment and i feel like it's very rare that actually happens to me you know as great as elden ring and god of war ragnarok look when i played those games i never had those moments i never just stopped and looked around and so i think with that uh horizon forbidden west takes it for me yeah that I really want to play Horizon Forbidden West. I've seen screenshots to where I know what you're talking about, though. Like, it looks like a pretty game. Um, for me, one, I my favorite art direction is not on this list. My favorite art direction of this entire year was Tinykin. A, a small indie darling that got no love at the Game Awards, probably because it's criminally underplayed. That art direction, while it's not the best graphics, graphics do not equate art direction in my book. And so art direction is very independent of that. And I think Tinykin would have wiped the floor with all these guys if everyone played it. But for me, the thing that made me go wow the most so far has been Elden Ring. Like it is the moment when you were going into an underground cavern underground cavern you're thinking that this is going to be dark dingy maybe like stalactites or whatever stalagmites whatever the heck they're called that i used to know what the difference were between i the think two of them. T- tights are from the top and mites are from the bottom got it got it you expect that you expect bats you expect all these things but no underneath the whole world that you're playing in is a whole nother forest and above that forest is a starry night that looks gorgeous it is just very imaginative all the character designs the npc designs enemy designs boss designs all of them are beautiful this is definitely the best soulsborne game to look at and that's saying a lot because most of the soulsborne are very stylistic and so i think Elden ring is definitely my favorite to go and i think it, it has a good shot here um, and that's that's not to say like scorn is one of those dark horse right here because it's supposedly a gross game because of the art direction but if there's something that scorn has that i've heard of it's their art direction so maybe it's going to get it but i think for me Elden ring is is my my one to beat so yes scorn's got a lot of phallic symmetry imagery oh my god (laughs) symmetry symmetry i meant imagery phallic (laughs) imagery or symmetry too i don't know (laughs) <laughs> that's up to you to decide audience <laughs> so best narrative we have a plague tale requiem elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west and immortality alex where do you land Ah oh, man it there's no question about it it's god of war ragnarok uh i cried many times playing this game there really? are 
many moments that really hit me harder than I thought they would. Wow. And I really feel like if it's something that can get me to cry, that that has a impactful narrative for me. Because typically for a lot of games, you know, Fall Guys, I ain't crying at Fall Guys. I might be raging, you know, at my bad teammates, but there's no crying there. We're Uh, sitting right here, man. You don't have to talk (laughs) about us like that. I know. Uh, and you know Elden Ring same thing I'm not crying at that game I might be raging you know at the this boss is too hard or I didn't I totally didn't get hit by that boss attack or whatever but there's no feels there I think for me what a good narrative makes me feel is both the highs and the lows and there's just so many highs in Ragnarok and equally as many lows you know I haven't played Immortality or a Plague Tale Requiem but uh, if those games made me feel the same way, I could maybe see those in the running, but I, I know Ragnarok for sure made me feel it, so that's why it's my pick. I think, well, I I do feel bad about this because I've only played God of War Ragnarok, but I think that it has a fantastic story. I think this is the, the one to win this category. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, really surprised at how much I'm very much enjoying playing this game it took me a very long time to finish the first God of War. Part of me realized I think it's because I actually knew all the story. And, you know, I played it years after its release. I Alex had regaled me with the tale of that game essentially in 2018 because he was raving about how much he really enjoyed it. And he kind of told me the plot line. And then as, you know, a few years go by, we're like hearing that Ragnarok is coming. I listen to some spoiler casts about it because everyone loved the first God of War. And then I was like, you know what? Let me play this myself. Played it. Took like a year to actually finish playing it. But this game, this game has me like, gra- like it's grabbed me. I'm like staying enthralled. Up late. I'm enthralled. I, I'm staying up late playing this game. I am like, oh, it's 1030. I should probably go to bed. But you know what? I can play an hour. Three hours later, I'm like, oh, I should really go to bed. It, I just keep playing because I want to know what's, I want to know what's going to happen. And I love, I love talking to Alex after I hit some milestones, and like telling him like, oh, I got to this part. This is where I stopped. And he's like, oh, what'd you think about this? I was like, dang, I did not expect that. You know, it like being able to play this game like with people has been really. I think that's one of the a really good memory. Like this is one of my favorite memories now. Hmm. Like just to be a part of the zeitgeist of it. It's been a long time since I've played a game like that. Well, I guess cult of the lamb was the last one, but yeah, Matt, this game, this is a game. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to keep playing it. Even with just eight hours, I know that this is going to win best narrative. Like the amounts of people non-spoilery talk about how this is just a continuation of 2018. 2018 was one of the best stories, which I did not get spoiled. So it was awesome to play that anew. As soon as I got a PS5, I had uh, God of War 2018 in the PS5 collection. And it was awesome to play that. And so I'm expecting, I have high hopes for God of War Ragnarok. So I'm blindly picking God of War Ragnarok, even though... I would say the story so far hasn't been crazy. It's been kind of what I've been expecting mm-hmm. up to this point because I'm so you know early on in the game. Uh, but I'm expecting great things because even 
certain character developments have already shown themselves. And I'm like, I like, I like where they're going with this. So I'm expecting more of the same. So good on them. I hope they win. They deserve it. Best game direction. Second to last one for us tonight. We have Elden Ring with the uh, studio being from software. God of War Ragnarok from Sony Santa Monica, Horizon Forbidden West, Guerrilla Games, Immortality, Half Mermaid, and Stray, Blue 12 Studio, and Annapurna. I love that Annapurna uh, developed Stray. That's great. Uh, for me, best game direction, this is just me going on a hunch. I think that this could be so many different games. I think in my heart of hearts, I think From Software has been one of the best game studios ever. I think Sony Santa Monica is definitely in the running, especially in there. I hope they get their roses, but I think for best game direction, I think Elden Ring is going to get it. I think From Software is such a heavy hitter, and they keep consistently making it a Soulsborne game, which has now become a genre of its own because of their studio. And them saying okay that's nice let's make it open world all of us going what how could you possibly like the whole point of Soulsborne games is a linear adventure and for them to make it an open world and for it to work is crazy to me and so i think that gives i think the flowers should definitely go to, to from software uh, because the game direction to make that work and to make it enjoyable and to make it one of the best games of the year uh, definitely should should get their flowers. So going with Elden Ring for best game direction. Tiffany. I think I'm going to go with Elden Ring here. Uh, it talks about innovation and game direction and design. I've heard so many good things with Elden Ring. I'm very, you know, I'm glad this game exists. Uh, it, it's honestly really like I'm trepidatious to even trying that game because of mm -hmm. what I know. And what I know that I don't like and like in video games. But I think Elden Ring, everyone's like raving about it. They talk about how innovative it is. I think I think Elden Ring's going to win this category. I've snubbed them all night. And, you know, at some point, you'd think I'd be crazy not to give them a win in some category. And I agree with my co-hosts here. I think best game direction will be Elden Ring. Uh, you know, in playing this game, I'm not the biggest Soulsborne fan, you know, not for any particular reason, but I just typically don't play those games. But having played Elden Ring, having played with Matt, having played with some of my other friends, having uh, gone the Platinum in it, I think this game has done a lot of things well and definitely has pushed, I guess, open world games in general uh, in a very smart direction. You know, I think for me, you know, it, I guess, started with the current generation of games with Zelda Breath of the Wild pushing the open world and how that innovated on it, like just the design of saying it's an open world, but we're really giving you the freedom to go and progress this game how you want. And I think Elden Ring just takes that a step further and further iterates on that to say, yeah, it is an open world and you can literally go wherever you want and still make it to the end of the game and just stumble upon it. You know, it's not spoilery in any way it just you might end up somewhere by taking a random portal and suddenly you're in a whole new place where you're mm -hmm. you're going to get one shot by enemies but if you can make it through it you know that just might be how you get to the end of the game and roll credits 
And I think that that really is innovative to say you can play. There's no wrong way to play this game, you know, build wise, path wise, like you can go anywhere, play how you want. And as long as you beat the bosses and get to the end uh, to roll credits, you know, that's great. And I feel like that is very accessible in that way, because even for me, you know, just to shout out one of the things they did with their uh, multiplayer, uh, each I guess zone has what they call summoning stone and you can put down your sign and get summoned into another player's world that uh, to play co-op and to help them. And so what I would do is when I got to a new place that I didn't know, I would put my sign down. So I'd be summoned into some other person's world where I would help them while at the same time learning the area myself. And when you die as a visitor in their world, you don't lose any of the runes you collect. So then I would take both the knowledge and literal experience back with me to my world, level up, get more strong or get stronger and use my knowledge to then progress through the zone myself. And so that's something that really eased the anxiety for me to say, I really don't want to die here because if I die in some hard place, right, it's going to be hard to get back there to get your experience again. So I really appreciate just even that simple function to say, hey, it's a multiplayer game and you can play it like this. And I really enjoyed that, you know, on top of everything else. So I I think they're going to take it. Excellent. 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 And so the time has arrived for us to talk about game of the year, the big one. We have a Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Tiffany, looking at this list, one, I want to know what your game, not your game of the year, what you think will be game of the year via this one outlet aka uh the game awards but two are you surprised by anything on here and do you think they missed anything i'm really shocked that stray is on this list okay good i'm glad it's not just me. i was like are there is there that many cat people like what is going on and you know, honestly, seeing it here, I'm like, I need to play this game before the year is over. Mm-hmm. Like, this game, I mean, I, it's been downloaded on my PlayStation for a month and a half. Like, I just haven't, oh. I haven't booted it up. But, dude, this is hard. I think this is hard. Mm-hmm. I think on, this year, it's always been like, Elden Ring is yeah. going to be goatee. Elden Ring is going to be goatee. But, you know, we got to wait till Ragnarok comes out. We got to wait for it. I'm... I'm like really into God of War Ragnarok. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm really in it. So, I mean, absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. I, I, oh gosh, I think it's gonna be. I think God of War is gonna win. I think God of War this is, is gonna tough. Win. Yeah, this is tough. I think it's gonna win. I do have to say though that my personal goatee is not on this list, but we can talk that talk about that in another episode. Um, but yeah, Excellent. I think God of War Ragnarok is going to win. And you know, I really, I'm going to, I'm going to try my hardest, my darndest to finish this game before December 8th and see if I can like rejoice with everyone or be like flipping a table. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I won't actually flip a Down table. Down in some mead. All yeah. the, yeah, all these yeah. games are great games from what I've heard. So honestly, like, but I think, oh, I think it's going to be God of War. I think it's going to be God of War. Alex, you have played the most out of all these games. 
where do you lie on who you think the people in the media are going to vote for game of the year? Oh man. I mean, I feel like, I hope there's a second question there. I feel like for what the media is going to pick, honestly, it will be Elden Ring. Uh, I think, you know, literally looking at the category title that this is game of the year. I think honestly, Elden Ring is the best game of these, you know, six nominated. Uh, But when we look a little closer and as Tiffany pointed out, you know, how the game awards describes this category, recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. And for me, that's, I underlined it here because while I think the community and the media will pick Elden Ring as the best game and it it will deserve it, I put more emphasis on best experience. And because of that, for me personally, it's God of War Ragnarok. Uh, while as a game, it might not be as good as Elden Ring, I think as an experience, it's leagues above it. You know, just from the character development just from how the gameplay is incorporated into the story and also just the story itself. I know both of you haven't finished it yet, but there's a lot to this that I hope both of you can finish this before the Game Game Awards roll around, uh, just so you can understand, you know, especially for the uh, best narrative category. Uh, But to see that, you know, this is a story that really digs down deep and not to say that Elden Ring doesn't have a great story, you know, that I think Elden Ring does do... Uh, does does do does 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 uh great story t- world <laughs> storytelling in its world building right like you go to these places mm-hmm. you can see them ravaged by what happened right but i think when you're uh going through those places it's not the same as experiencing the story with these characters right going on the journey with these characters and so i think it's that combination of game and narrative that really brings it home for me so personally ragnarok but critically uh and publicly, I think it's Elden Ring. So officially for our vote, which one were you? Going I to guess. Say you, well, for? you said it was for what I think the media is going to pick, or what will win okay. game of the game of the year yeah. for the game awards. Yeah. I think that's Elden Ring. Okay. Okay. Fair. So this is tough because you have a few different reasons why I could see it go a different way. Like I think. God of War Ragnarok definitely has recency bias because people, it's fresh on the mind. Everything seems so great compared to early in the year where we had Horizon Forbidden West, where we had Elden Ring. Um, the same coin, you have three PlayStation in or PlayStation um, IPs right there. You have God of War, you have Horizon Forbidden West, you have Stray. You know whether or not that you know takes part of that vote. To me, what I think deserves Game of the Year for this category, I gotta go with Elden Ring. This is this is something that ever since Breath of the Wild came out, people have started talking about every open world game as, well, you know, this took uh, some some keys and some notes from Breath of the Wild, like every single review about any open world game. And I think that there has been now a turn away from that. And now the new standard is Elden Ring. I I think as far as an open world that lives in an open world that is interesting, I think Elden Ring brings that innovation to the point of, 
I think it has to be game of the year. Like this is something that I think will have repercussions for years to come. While I think that God of War Ragnarok, I completely understand what you're talking about because I'm really enjoying eight hours. Like pr probably more my first eight hours than my first eight hours of Elden Ring, probably easily. But that to me is, I think this is going to be a great story. I think it's going to be a great game. But like, what is going to be the impact? And that's coming from someone who has not played as much as you guys. So maybe I'm, you know, false in saying that. Uh, but for me, I think Elden Ring, just the over, just like, if you look at the Elden Ring subreddit, it's crazy. These people are like going to bat. Like they are going to name their first child Tarnished. Uh, you know, like they, that, that's, that's going to be a family name now everywhere because these people are crazy about Elden Ring so I think the people are going to make their voice heard in the media and I think Elden Ring's going to walk away with it whether or not that'll be my game of the year or not I think honestly God of War Ragnarok is going to make it very very interesting when it comes to our top six so there you have it we went through 12 probably the 12 best categories to talk about ton of fun I had a ton of fun talking through all these things, and we'll see how we do. When Tiffany wraps all this up for us and figures out who wins, uh, we didn't Don't even bet anything. Don't put that evil on me. What? Listen, I you know, I don't make the rules. This is what the people want. If you um, had told me, I would have literally kept track while recording. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I'll, I'll, I'll tally it when I, oh, okay. when I listen through everything. Um, <laughs> but if you want to let your voice be heard to us, Reach out to us on our Twitter at rxp underscore podcast. You can email us at rxp.podcast at gmail.com. Or you know what? Find us on YouTube. Subscribe. We're at rxp podcast. We are there. We are ready to share all of our good videos. If you want to stick around to listen to our top six games and then top six other media, that's going to come in later this year. It's a ton of fun. We always have a great time talking through that stuff. So stick around. Uh, and listen to it but other than that we will see you next time and a big shout out as always to Grandmaster Doug for some fresh tunes Listen, Jeff, why do you not spell your name normal? He loves uh, smashing boulders, you know.